our part where we were at in Columbus, their um, policy is incarceration over rehabilitation. So I, I mean, I had upwards of 30 or 40 soliciting charges myself. So you almost always had an active soliciting warrant because we're not going to go to our probation officer. We're not going to go show up. You know, we don't, that's not yeah. the kind of life we lived at that time. So, I mean, pretty much all the time I had an active soliciting warrant on me. So, but yeah, between the two of you, you guys had over 50, you know, arrests. Yeah. Yeah, Easy. yeah definitely. You know, because <laughs> I remember yours, Nicole, being like 23 or 24 or 25. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah. Like, no, like you said it so matter of factly, like just another day at the office. Like, yeah, I was you know. arrested 10 times by the exact same undercover cop. <laughs> one, like, how do I not notice? Like, you are like, it's, and that, well, he ended up being super dirty. He ended up killing a girl in an alleyway, and he's in federal prison now for it. Welcome to the show, Molly and Nicole. Welcome back, Molly and Nicole. Yes. So, you two are the only ones that I've talked to out of, you know, I just hit 100 episodes, and you two are both inside those first 100, but you're the only two that were intertwined in a way of being trafficked together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you don't really, like, you didn't know each other right now in sobriety until, like, recently you reconnected. Yeah, I just found her on Facebook. Like, I haven't really had any kind of um, conversation with her or anything since. And me and okay. Nicole have been through it together. Yeah. <laughs> so, you both are from Ohio. So, the spoiler alert for everybody is a running theme, apparently, for my show, is you're both from Ohio. Um, when did you guys meet? Um, Do you remember? Yeah, we were yeah. <laughs> or where uh, do you remember the first time meeting each other? Like, because you don't, you both also have in common of, you know, pretty crazy before and afters. When yeah, you both yeah. are in it, you're in it. Like, yeah. that's, you both have that in common. So, like, you both had, like, those, like, shocking, like, oh, my God, befores. You know, I'll even put it up yeah. on the screen again. And uh, just to remind some people, but, like, you know, so, you and you met in your befores, and I think yeah, that's we never knew each other sober or anything. I can remember some of the first times I met her was um honestly probably at Smokey's house. Yeah, probably. Um, but you know we were both such heavy users and so heavy into everything. It's gonna be real blurry on specifics. Like I'm not gonna be able to give you even a roundabout of yeah. when we met. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I met her very early on in my trafficking experience though. Yeah. Um, we had a similar trafficker in common for a while. Jared so how did, <laughs> and how did you both meet this dude? Did you, was it both in the same, that's, that's an interesting thing to explore is how did you both like come across this individual? Like the first time that both, cause you both were trafficked by the same person. So that person would have had like a game. He ran a ploy, a way that like, he presented things to these women, right? We're like, talking about Jeffrey, right? Are we talking about uh, Jeffrey? Me and her actually have several traffickers in common. It was kind of like a thing no husband where we were at. So there's a couple. Um, I know early on I was with Jeffrey, and then there was Smokey at the end. 
if there's any more you want to interject in there, we probably had four or five traffickers in common. So I think it was I think it was Jerry. Jerry, that's his name. <laughs> yes, it's Jerry. Jerry. No, drugs I, are bad, Molly. I get it. Yeah. I know, right, right. <laughs> um, I don't remember like spe specific dates like we um like met, but I do remember like certain situations like going to jail together yeah. being in a raid together using together different situations um but yeah like those two um were we were around each other with jerry and then Smokey. yeah so jerry you was got a, jerry was a real piece of work jerry was a very like um forceful gonna find you on every corner that you stand on type of trafficker and I don't even think he did it for the money. I think he purely enjoyed that control that he had. Like there, cause he was actually a user himself. Yeah. Um, but him and his girlfriend were terrible, terrible to any of the girls on the streets. Yeah. So um, he sold drugs, you know what I mean? And then like, once he would start selling to you, he would try to get with you and um, provide like drugs and stuff for you. And then like, obviously he'd want money too so he would make us go out and get money or come find us if he had somebody he knew that you know needed services um he would line us up with that too but if you like if he thought you crossed him in any way and you could not be crossing him at all he would right. trap you so like for one instant uh he was like, come meet me, whatever, I have stuff. So I went to meet him and there was a bunch of, he's like, come around to the back door. And I did. And when I did that, um, there was a bunch of people out in the alley. And this one guy just walked right up to me and cold cocked me. I completely did a 360, knocked teeth out of my mouth. I remember having two black eyes, one was swollen shut. You know what I mean? And he just thought I was doing him dirty, like going other places and being a snitch. So yeah. <laughs> because he was on drugs, he was so paranoid. He yeah. thought like these girls would go out and talk to cops or whatever and snitch on him. And then he'd either have his girlfriend beat you up or he they both would do it too. Yeah. You know yeah. Or he'd pay someone to do it. Yeah, I had, I mean, it was over some of the most, I mean, I know now that I'm not in the, in the thick of it, but in the time it felt so real, like even, okay, his girlfriend's feet were like a size nine. I'm a size five at the most. And they were convinced that I had stole her pair of shoes and that I'd been wearing them all day. I'm like, I would be living like a whole, you remember that? I was trapped in the house for like three days and yeah. him and his girlfriend raped me. She peed on me. Like there was. They were terrible. Like they were terrorists, like absolute terrorists. That and they would is... find you wherever you're at. Like if you're at a drug house and you're using, you could never be like, I was always in fear of them being the next knock on the door. Cause they yeah. were a lot of the times and they would come in with all their little minions, little, you know, the other addicts that got paid $5 to do it. And they would just swoop in and it wouldn't matter who or what was in there. They were dragging you out and they were going to beat your ass. Is this the older couple you told me about, Nicole? I remember you told me there was like an older couple that trafficked you, right? 
yeah, that's a different couple. Um, that was before. So I met Jerry and his girlfriend like towards the end of my addiction. Um, the older couple was kind of like in the middle, but before that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jerry and his girlfriend were around our age, if not maybe a little younger. So Yeah, I think Jerry I think Jerry was older than he looked. He was like in his forties and his girlfriend was around our age. So Yeah, opiates keep us, you know, young sometimes. And all yeah. of a sudden you go from looking young to just looking old as fuck. Like you would just right. like opiates are like the president's age, like all of a sudden, like you know how they always show before and after a president's like when they start at office to when they end their term, they're always like significantly older. That's yeah. like opiates. Like all of a sudden you go to like that after. It's like, whoa, what happened to you, man? Like yeah. it just gets really well, bad. Well, then really there's fast. me and Nicole that stopped using, and we just glowed all the way up because this is a, uh, this is so beautiful. I mean, she's always been a beautiful girl, but but yeah. Oh, girl. and oh wait, because that guy, that guy Jerry, that was one where you had that before picture, Nicole, right? Of your hair all matted. That picture was actually from the older couple that I was trafficked by. Okay. Um, I don't think the pictures I did take around that time, my phone got stolen. So I don't have any of those. So yeah. I'm sure a lot of things got stolen a lot of times as you're being like, do you guys living in the same house when you're trafficked by those people? <laughs> we just lived wherever our butts were at at the moment. We, I mean, like, did you have rooms there? That- no, no. Okay. It's like there was like a specific room that like there's it was just like a regular trap house, but um when he would be there, you know, there was a specific room that he would be in, you know what I mean? So Okay, yeah. no, yeah, I'm just trying to like, you know, for myself for people that don't know about this, that's not the norm, like trying to figure out like where were you you were sleeping wherever you just fell asleep that oh, yeah. at any given I mean, time randomly did me and me and nicole were the ones that were i can remember many times being right on hudson with her at three or four in the morning after being up for weeks you know yeah. um we didn't i don't know it was a combination of fear also the drugs and everything it was it was rather easy for us to both get money for drugs it wasn't um nicole you were because you were arrested a lot right yeah. Me? Nicole, I remember you were like 23 times or some shit. Yeah. Like some like and how many times were you two arrested together? I think just, just that one time. time. Okay, well yeah, tell me about that one right. time. What what happened? Yeah, so we were, you know, with Jerry and um we were actually I think it was just a spot he was at and we went there like and we were in the kitchen together. I remember yeah. that. And we were like using or whatever. And then we were sitting on the floor, weirdly. And then all of a sudden, the windows, the doors, they all came in through every way they could and, you know, got us all together. And they ended up taking me and Molly. And then they took Jerry too. So, and then he, I don't know, kind of made me feel like he was thinking like we set that up. Oh, he did. He thought that for a while because he thought because we had spent the most money with him that day that one of the bills we gave him was Mark or something. He did. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, his paranoia was, oh, all of a sudden they had some extra money was probably from the cops for doing this and setting me up. Right. 
Right. I get it. Exactly. I, I can see yeah. how his paranoia as an ex drug addict, you know what I mean? Like, would be like, oh, you know, what the. So, I mean, it's fucked up that he would, you know. Um, so you get arrested. What did you do get arrested for, for having shit on you? Like possession? No warrants. No, warrants. Uh, we threw everything, but <laughs> I think it was like old charges. I knew mine was. Yeah. Mine was in, in our part where we were at in Columbus, their um, policy is incarceration over rehabilitation. So I, I mean, I had upwards of 30 or 40 soliciting charges myself. So you almost always had an active soliciting warrant because we're not going to go to our probation officer. We're not going to go show up. You know, we don't, that's not yeah. the kind of life we lived at that time. So, I mean, pretty much all the time I had an active soliciting warrant on me. So, but yeah, between the two of you, you guys had over 50, you know, arrests. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Yeah, definitely. You know, because <laughs> I remember yours, Nicole, being like 23 or 24 or 25, and I was like, what? And you're like, yeah. Like, no, like you said it so matter-of-factly, like, just another day at the office. Like, yeah, I was you know. arrested 10 times by the exact same undercover cop. The <laughs> one, like, how do I not notice? Like, you are the, it's, and that, well, he ended up being super dirty. He ended up killing a girl in an alleyway, and he's in federal prison now for it. He was a super dirty vice cop. Yeah, Andrew Mitchell, super dirty vice cop. But I'm going to keep his I name in there, too. He always had the same vice vehicle, too. It was always a pickup truck. Why did I keep getting in this stupid truck? I don't know. I mean, the drugs are just affecting me. But, yeah, they just match. Molly, Molly, Molly. Molly, Molly, Molly. This, so <laughs> I've had I've had multiple guys on here, too, specifically, that were embarrassed to tell me that they were arrested by the same cop in the same place like mm-hmm. um one guy's an author um i don't know if you know you see the book sober slogans all over the place yeah, I've seen it. jeff mm-hmm. vickers um i was on his show last saturday and um he's a really animated guy all his videos he's a very animated dude he's really fun to follow um so yeah sober slogans is his book that he wrote and uh, what were we talking about oh he got arrested when he was a crackhead in new york city in the 90s and 80s um, that's when crack was crack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Back then, too, in New York City, where it was, like, born, basically. Um, he got arrested at the same bodega by the same cops three years apart for the same crime. Yeah. So, like, and when it, when they were arresting him three years later, the one cop said to the other as they're cuffing him, like, man, I'm having some major, like, deja vu right now. And he was <laughs> like, yeah, you guys arrested me here three years ago. Like, I know, I don't want to talk about it. I'm a crackhead. I'm Jeff. Like, <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> just like, he owned it then. You yeah. Know? So, and it's, so Molly, if it makes you feel any better, I know you're not alone. You know, I know there's <laughs> other people that have gotten arrested by the same cops multiple times. Um, well, yours you know what was makes a... me feel so much better about it is that he's in federal prison right now, and I'm out here living my best life. So yeah, that's really rewarding right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some differences, is because I would imagine you had to have walked up to this pickup truck each time that he arrested oh, yeah. you. So <laughs> yeah, that that's the difference is you walked up and asked him to arrest you each time. <laughs> Well, like I was never um, picked up by him, but I know um, women that uh, have been picked up by him and um, he would make them do stuff with him if they to they were he was like, you don't have to go to jail, but you have to do this for me. You know what I mean? So he was 
abusing women and you know using his power and using his power and shit that's that's a straight power move you know what i mean that's like do this for me and i I hold your freedom in my hands kind of thing and you're gonna do what i say um like you do this for money so you're gonna have no problem doing this for your freedom how much is your freedom worth kind of thing that's so fucked Um, is is the girl the girl that he killed the girl the girl that he killed um was that a girl that was like working yeah her name's donna um and she the way the story because he backed his car into an alleyway and he backed her door up against a garage so she couldn't have gotten out if she wanted to and then he was on the other side of her and he pulled out his gun and shot her but his his reasoning was that she was attacking him, but she didn't have any weapons on her. So, but he I, shot her like six times too. So that's excessive. Anyway. Excessive. Yeah. But when like, that came out, a lot of other people stepped out of the shadows and and testified to the abuse he'd been doing for many years, and it did end up breaking up the vice squad at the time, which was necessary. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. one one exactly. bullet, you know, one shot. Okay, maybe that's self defense. One. Maybe. Maybe that's self-defense, you know, but six, that's excessive. That's and because his logic is I'm an upstanding member of society. I'm a cop. This is just some hooker. Right. Oh, and you know, she's she's a drug. She's a drug addict prostitute. Of course, they're going to believe me. Absolutely. Uh, I can hear it. I can see it. It's so typical. It happens so often. And it's now, thank God, it's being shown and talked about more and more. These people are going to jail finally. You know, yeah. there are a lot of advocates. There's a, so much advocacy for what's going on yeah. um, right now. It's a great thing to see, you know, whether it's for people of color or whether you're an LGBTQ or whether yeah. you're an addiction or whatever is going on, whether we're homeless, because when you're homeless, they people really have no value for homeless people, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. You know, like I remember a Criminal Minds episode um, and you two live near where this was happening in the episode. It, but it was Michigan, I think. And the guy was coming over the border from Canada and he was like abducting girls and guys that were homeless and like Detroit or something like that, yeah. bringing them across the river and then killing them. He had a whole like sh- he had a whole like big bench of like shoes of all these people that he's killed of all these homeless because it finally took a beat cop was that was paying attention that started realizing there was less homeless people around. Yeah. And he, the, you, this homeless person's missing. Oh, this one's missing. And because they think no one's going to notice. Right. Right. So, you know, it's, and, and especially, I mean, it's a problem that I fight at my job every night, but I mean, women that are soliciting are stigmatized to the point where their lives don't matter. Um, the demand is never addressed. Like these men that are buying these women aren't getting charges. None of that, none of that's happening, but these women are going to jail 30, 40 times. Um, it's just, it's such a problem. Um, Canada prostitution is legal, but Mm -hmm. trafficking is illegal. Okay. Well, that's a debate probably for another show. Well, no, <laughs> no, and it's really, right but, it. but it's really interesting. This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere 
is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. Because, um, like, there was a girl on my show that technically was trafficking her friend and they, she got arrested for trafficking her girlfriend. And yeah. her girlfriend was trafficking her because they can't arrest them for prostitution. So yeah. technically, it's almost like if you two were together and say one of you had a car or both of you had a car that you slept in together. And I am so sorry. She is okay. blowing me up. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> am I back? No. We're gonna, on, not yet. Girl. She's calling me on every different. Okay, I've got her kids, so that's probably fair, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I got it. Um. <laughs> so, this girl, you know, it's almost like if you two had a car you were sharing, and then all of a sudden, you know, say you were taking her on a date, and then she gets the money for it, and they're like, "All right, I'm gonna go meet the dealer." While you're on the date, I'll go meet the dealer. And then you come back and then you're picking her up and now you have the drugs and you two get high together. Technically, you just trafficked each other and you trafficked the drugs in the eyes in Canada. Right. So I can see, I can see that. I and have, it's such a gray area. Like, <laughs> but that's how they get them on prostitution now. So yeah. it's they have to bend the law now. It's like either make it or don't make it. You know what I mean? Like make it illegal because obviously yep. people are going to exploit it anyway. Right. So I remember one time in my addiction, um, I was out trying to get money and one of the guys I would see like on a regular basis picked me up and we got pulled over by the cops and he ended up getting charged with solicitation for soliciting me because he picked me up and he actually got it, got charged with it and put on his record and I remember him like coming at me like this is your fault. Like, why why would you get in my car and you know the cops are there? I'm like, you stopped. It was your yeah. decision. Like, this is not my fault. This is your fault. At the time I didn't, but now I I think back and I'm like, that was on him. Like Like yeah. literally you, you he's lucky they didn't give him for trafficking. Yeah. That's technically trafficking, even picking you up. And just giving you a ride is trafficking. Yeah. So especially with that intent, it sure yeah. as shit is is trafficking. Yeah. So he's well, lucky. They're, not, they're so not used to getting any kind of charges or any type of re repercussions for picking us up out there. So that's that's really indicative of they're just they feel and like. Has that changed at all? Out. Has that finally changed? Because like I I don't um, I don't pick up. You know what I mean? I don't. Okay, that's so, not, never been my scene. You know right. what I mean? Like, so I don't know. It used to be a um, M5 misdemeanor, which is the lowest level of misdemeanor. Uh, the Biden administration actually did do a human trafficking initiative, which switched it over to um, a second degree misdemeanor. 
but even the administration itself has said they're having trouble getting people charged even for it. Like even the men that do get arrested are still getting charged under the old laws, but it's still a very disproportionate amount. There's still for every one man that ever gets one ticket for what they're doing out there. There's hundreds of women that have gone to jail that same, you know, on that same token. So the disproportionate amount of arrest is absolutely insane. It's obviously happening at equal rates. There's no dem demand, there's no supply. So there's got to be equal amounts, but there's no men in jail right now for soliciting. I can guarantee you Franklin County Jail is full of soliciting charges right now, and they're all women. That. Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that not like I can only see I I don't work in that industry, but I I could I can just imagine, just because it's all you hear about is arrested for prostitution, arrested for prostitution, but you never hear arrested for trafficking or arrested yeah. for this or arrested for being like a pimp or arrested for you don't hear about those charges. Yeah, it's soliciting from their part too. I mean, soliciting's a two eight street, so they can get soliciting charges just as fairly as a woman can. But because it's still a good old boys club and because it's still stigmatized as a woman out there being a whore, per se, you know, that's that's where we're at. And it's boys just being boys. Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, don't worry. We won't we don't want to make sure the wife finds out. Don't worry. I got your back right. exactly. or, you know, or your job or this. I wouldn't want that to be. These girls have nothing anyway. So yeah. fuck them. And, yeah. you know, I'll make sure your job's your job's good to go, buddy. Yeah, and I fight this every night. I mean, I was just on Hudson last night, Nicole, like right in our area, and and I, there are men lined up for these women to pick them up, but they're not going to jail. I mean, I will yeah. give a woman a meal and I'll give her some clothes, and she will literally have the dude hanging out waiting for her to decide, jumps in the car, and there's a, there's another one waiting to pull up for the next one. So the so demand is still high, so the supply is going to be there. So that yeah, that's still go. That was my other question: Is have you got? So I know Nicole, you're not a you're not in that area anymore, are you? If I'm not mistaken, you're a few hours away now. No, I'm only like uh, maybe a half hour away, twenty five minutes at the most. Um, I have been back over there because when I was married, um, my ex husband's family lived over there, so I've driven in the area. I haven't hung out in the area. Um, I. I don't like being in that area, <laughs> um, but it does like bring me back down to, you know, remember where I came from and what I went through. Um, but no, I, I don't really go over there that much. But Molly, yeah, you work no, in I, it. Yeah, I've chosen like my life's mission is to be an advocate for these women. So it's it's my chosen profession now and I get paid for it. So we go out every Wednesday and Friday, and we do go to that area. That's one of our areas we go to, like McGuffey and Hudson and Nicole. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the hot zone. Um, fortunately, there's only been two occasions that I've ran across anyone I know. Believe it or not, a lot of us have gotten out that were running together at that time, more than the average is. So I don't know what that's about. God's working in mysterious ways. But, I mean, it's still the same look in these women's eyes that, I see when I'm talking to them out on the streets, there's so much fear and whether it's drug-based fear or real fear, like it's probably a lot of both. And are you it, talking to them about this? Like, do you, are you, are you telling them what you're recognizing in them? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really open with my own story. So, and I found it helps them a lot to know that 
because um, my my boss that usually rides with me, she is from a different background. You know, she's a nurse and everything. she's super compassionate and able to work with the with that um, population. But I'm actually like <laughs> not even just like, but I'm from that exact corner. So like you're like, yeah, like, listen, sis, I've stood there. Right. I've stood in your exact spot. And, the, and I when I see that fear and other things that I've seen in their eyes, I think. It's hard because you can't, I have to know that I'm not going to break walls down just meeting them on the streets. I just keep talking to them and keep letting them know that they're worth better and that they're loved. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the best thing you can do because you almost have to like talk to them how like you would want to be talked to, right? Like you got to almost put yourself in their shoes. You have to look at them as you're looking at yourself like out there to see like, what would I need to hear in this moment today to get myself like, you know, some shelter? Because yeah. is that, is that what you're, pro- can you provide that? Like get people into like a safe house and shit? If they, if they decide to, uh, unfortunately, because we're so on the ground and we're so on the streets, there's very few times that that situation arises. And I've come to terms with that, that I'm more at the trench level. So um, I'm a lot less likely to catch people when they're ready to go to rehab because they're high. Like, literally every person I yeah. encounter is either high or wishing they were high. That's not the point where you're going to get them any help. As someone who's been there, I know that's the truth. If I'm high at that moment, I'm not going to do anything but keep going. Yeah. Um, it took me sitting my butt in jail some time and sitting my butt in rehab to, to want it. So I, I have to get more comfortable with planting seeds. But, yeah, we have two safe houses. Um, and then also we place – I'm a certified peer supporter, so – I'm licensed to do interventions and place them in different houses. I try to get them out of Columbus. If they do decide, I try to get them out of Columbus because that's where you use and you're never going to get clean there. And now remind everybody what both of your sober dates are. 7-23-2018. September 1st, 2017. Okay, so you're both about a year apart when it comes to like getting out of the lifestyle basically. Yeah, and I wanted to tell Nicole this little story. Um, after you got clean, I think you were in catch court at the time or something. Um, someone on the street showed me your picture while I was still using and how you had glowed up and everything and said you were doing really well. And no, I didn't like jump on the rehab train right then, but I remember when I did go to get clean that like knowing that you did was super empowering because you knew where I'm coming from. We were both, our bottoms were low. Yeah, I just remember looking at that picture they showed me on the phone, and I was like, "Holy crap, <laughs> it's possible!" Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Um, um, that's why it's so important that we do share our stories and shit like that. You know what I mean? That's why, like, we have to share these pictures. You know what I mean? Like, because it's important for the people that are out there right now, you know, to see that and to remember, like, oh, I can have that transformation. Yeah, You know, and, and not everybody even is going from, you know, emaciated like you two. A lot, a lot of people, it's the opposite, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I was really big. Like, I'm a big dude now, but, like, I was big, bigger. And I was, like, always, like, really just, like, you know, what's that word? Like, uh, fool, like, uh, you know, I can't think of the word right now, bloated. You know, I was always looking, like, bloated and everything like that. And now I don't have that problem. And so you know, it's that transformation of just like happiness where you can actually like, 
feel things again <laughs> and show emotion again. And, you know, it, it takes takes a while sometimes. So, like, I'm glad you finally, like, saw that, but you remembered that. That's an important thing and that I, I hope others, like, remember because I remember little things, too, about when I got sober and when I got in recovery that were important to me that stuck with me. Yeah. You know, and they mean nothing to anybody else. And but that person, you know, they still hold a big part in your story, you know. Right. So that's that's really cool, though, Molly, that you were like, I remember that. <laughs> I, yeah, I just remember seeing like her and I had been on the streets with her so much and I never realized that your eyes were so blue. Right. Yeah. Blue. And when they showed me this picture and your eyes were blue, I remember just being blown away. Like I have literally sat next to this woman for months on end and I didn't know her eyes were blue. And right now I'm just looking in the most crystal clear blue eyes I'd ever seen in that beautiful smile. And I just, I remembered that a lot along my way. I did it on the street. Okay. And that's funny. I didn't even know. So a year apart, man. And you probably, after years together too, like you said, and you're seeing each other in the worst of times because when you're in that lifestyle together, you don't give a shit. And so, but you're also not around family or friends. You know, you're with other war buddies, the yeah. people that you're in the trenches with, you know, and they're the ones that are always going to see you at your worst because they are at their worst too. So you're both not self-conscious about how you look because you're both looking like shit together. Well, I thought I looked good then, so. <laughs> oh, that's right. I had that's my moments where I did, but yeah, no. <laughs> uh. That's right. Yeah, that, that before picture, I remember you telling me that's what you sent to your mom and sister as like, look how good I look. And like, yeah. even have like bandages on your arm. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> like this is normal. Sick. We all have bandages on our arms, mom. Right. Oh, goodness. You look like somebody being held captive. Like, that's probably what they thought was, like, like when you she's saying, no, she's good. That's a code. That's a code. Yeah. <laughs> like... So my mom, like, because um, <laughs> when I sent her that picture, I it was, like, around the time when I was um, being trafficked by the older couple. And I would have my mom come pick me up from there to get me food sometimes. And my mom knew that. She knew something was going on. She didn't know specifics. Were she you knew living that at that one? Yeah. Okay. I, I remember, That's why I was asking about the rooms earlier. Because I remembered you telling me about living they in one before. And you had... Okay. Yeah. They had a room for us. And they would um, schedule different girls in the room at certain times. And you would have to... You would have, like, a time window. You know what I mean? Like to get the money, to get done what they told you to get done, what that person needed, and then the next girl would go in. So, yeah. There's an old couple that ran it, like, strictly business, like they've been doing it since they were in their 20s, it feels like. So the this uh, couple, actually, the older guy just passed away um, when I was in sober living, but they got busted out in Whitehall. Um, they had... 16 women in there I want to say and it was the older couple with a younger guy I'm guessing that was like the dealer and um they got busted and then so the 
the couple and the guy got taken into jail for trafficking. And I was like, finally, like we're making progress on identifying that these women are victims and these people are continuing to keep them in patterns that are eventually going to kill them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a lot of progress. And that also had me with another question is, so with the older couple, it doesn't sound like they were drug addicts. So if, was it typical if traffickers are an older, and this is just so we can spot, right? We need to be able to spot this shit. So if, if we're seeing a drug dealer that hangs out a lot with an older couple or talk, or he's with an older couple a lot, can we, it's probably safe to assume it's because he is supplying this older couple with, because that person, you know, there's a lot of girls I'm saying in and out too. Like obviously so, other signs, not just some random old couple buying drugs, but right. you know, like the I other side. I definitely like stay cautious about seeing stuff like that. A lot of people like even um, like, for example, me and uh, my boyfriend, he like doesn't see the stuff I see. So mm-hmm. when we're in different situations and like with different people, he doesn't like perceive them or catch on to things that are like not adding up, not fitting correctly and really sketchy. And I'm like, this is what's really going on. And he's like, I didn't even see that. You know what I mean? So I feel like, um, making sure that people understand what trafficking is and then giving them that awareness. So when they see something that doesn't seem to be right, they know like, Hey, this could might be, this could be a situation that, you know, especially if you got like a couple with a young girl or, you know, that looks like rough or something, you can be like, eh, she might need help. As long as you keep putting awareness out there and talking about things, I think that's important about everything that you girls are doing right now. Even doing this right now, you both did my show before, um, and telling your story and connecting with people. Like, a lot of people watch both of your episodes, your individual episodes. Um, like, more, a lot more than average of people, like, they'll watch, like, on average of any episode, but on your both episodes, people watched them. And they not only did they, a lot of people watch them, but they watched them, watched them like their retention stayed because your stories. So people, you know, and even in the comments or have reached out, there's been a lot of people that are even more comfortable to even talk about being trafficked on my show because of the other stories that have already been on here like yours. So and that's why I wanted to have you both together to talk together, because, like, you know, I think Molly reached out to me. Not to do my show, but, like, thank you for having Nicole on. Yeah, I saw your episode with Nicole, and it was before I had, I think it might have even been, I don't even know how it showed up on my feed now that I think about it, because I don't think I was Facebook friends with Nicole yet. Um, oh, because oh, Ashley no Wilson shit. posted it or something. Yeah, so I hadn't even really ever reached out, like, and I, I watched her story, because when you showed the um, thumbnail of her story, that picture of her, her before picture, I was like, holy smack, that is Nicole. And there was something that just resonated so much with me. Like, I just, I had to, I 
click right over. I didn't care what I was doing. And I watched the whole episode. And then I reached out to you because I just was like, I was just so amazed to like see her glow up and to see someone speaking on it, like speaking on what we went through and not being afraid was really powerful. Oh, I didn't know my show like brought you guys back together. Like that yeah. makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't know that. That, you know, that makes me happy, you know, because I get so caught up in numbers and, yeah. you know, because we're addicts and we get obsessed about shit. Um, yeah. so it just like that everything. <laughs> and yeah. I know how Molly, how happy you were to talk to Nicole again. So and uh, Nicole, you know, we were all we were all gonna talk a few weeks ago, but I'm happy you were able to yeah. do it like this too. Yeah. Um oh man, that's awesome. I didn't know that that you guys like started talking again and both were on my show. So that's you know, really cool to me. So because I love doing this and I love putting these stories out there because and they're hard to watch and they're hard to listen to. And a, a lot of even my family can't even like watch or listen. Yeah. yeah. The content not is, for everybody. Yeah. you know, the content's strong. Um, and, and it's not, it's not that it's supposed to be, but it needs to be. Yeah. Sometimes it needs to be. And I know when to dial back and not have it be over the top because I, I don't want people to really get like, you know, triggered or anything either. Um, but at the same time, like, it's so important for everyone to just be raw and just tell their story how it is, their way, their interpretation. And even if your story doesn't line up with yours or yours doesn't line up with yours, but you both have your version of your story. And that's what's important because that's all that you have. Yeah. That nobody can take that from you as long as you own it. And you both are owned it by talking about it and, you know, working with other people to, like, make sure it doesn't continue to happen so people can spot it, you know. Yeah. So thank you both for what you do and, oh, you, and continue to do and doing this again. And yes. I'm so – oh, that's awesome. Because I think I posted yours in the Faces of Opiates page, Nicole. Did you? That might because be where I came across it. I first. think that's where you saw it, Molly. Honestly. Oh yeah, because I remember yeah. when I saw the picture. I was so shocked. And that's where I from, saw like... you too. And that's where I saw you, Nicole. And that's when I'm like, I saw you in one of those groups, and I saw that picture, and I was like, I have to hear that story. Yeah, yeah. I have. To hear it. <laughs> it's like, like I'm, when I'm on people's pages that I'm used to being on, or different feeds that I'm used to being on, I expect to see people that I know. But seeing hers, I remember, really shocked me because I was completely just on a random page. And it yeah. wasn't like any of my friends' pages or anything. So, yeah. Yep. Exactly. And then when I – yeah, and I tried getting Molly on earlier on because right away, and you're like, oh, I know Nicole from – we were, like, together and using. And I was like, well, you can come on too. And yeah. then, like, we couldn't get our schedules to line up. And then we finally got it, like, in November, I think. And, you know, that was, you know – uh, your story too, and I'm gonna have the link if if you're watching this for the first time and you don't know either of their individual stories in the description. Whether you're watching or listening, you'll be able to go in and watch either of their individual stories or listen to them from the first time if you haven't already watched or heard them. This is your first time, so because they're both uh, my most re like watched shows for a reason, like in the top like five or something like that. You both have them, so yeah. People are watching your episodes. So, awesome. yeah, People keep talking. Like one person, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I care about like 
you know, I got to do the best and be the best. But as long as I reach one person and, you know, it gets them thinking, I'm but okay with that. Molly's a product of you with that theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Your theory of I want to reach one person, you reach Molly and look at her now. Yeah. That person you reach is in the trenches helping other girls like you both. Yep. So keep on trying to reach one person at a time. Yeah. Because like obviously it's 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 doing wonders. So thank you both again so so much. And I'm so glad what your friends not friends again, but now your friends on the other side of the fence. You know yeah. what I mean? Your friends like in the trenches of helping people on the other side to get get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So it's so so cool to see. So thank you again so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. you. <laughs> see you guys, girls. Yeah.